Welcome back to Cycle Wisdom, where we empower women to restore natural cycles, to improve health, and promote fertility. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Minger, and I am so glad you are listening today. On today's episode, we'll be talking about PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. We're going to start off with talking about some symptoms of PCOS as well as appropriate diagnosis and what this means specifically in regards to menstrual cycles and fertility. So let's kick things off with a patient story about Paula, who came to me because she was having really irregular cycles. She had been told that she had PCOS, which was diagnosed based on an ultrasound that showed she had multiple cysts on her ovaries. Paula was having really irregular cycles where she was having a period only once every two to three months. Now, the obstetrician that Paula went to see recommended that she start on oral birth control pills to help regulate her cycles a bit more. However, the problem Paula had was that she was hoping to get pregnant, so obviously this was not going to be a good treatment course. The doctor then recommended that Paula would need to consider doing intrauterine insemination or in vitro fertilization as pregnancy would be challenging, if not impossible. Paula really was looking to find a different solution for managing her PCOS, so a friend referred her to come and see me. As is often the case, the very first thing we did was had her start doing some charting of her cycles to determine if and when she was ovulating and to determine if there was anything else going on in her cycles that would be a cause for concern. After reviewing her charting for a couple months, we found out a few things right away. First off is that Paula actually did appear to be ovulating based on her charting, but it was quite erratic. Sometimes it would happen and sometimes it wouldn't, which caused a lot of the irregularity with when she would see a menstrual cycle occur. The next step is that we ordered targeted lab work to be done specifically in regards to looking for diagnostic evidence of PCOS or other abnormalities that may have been causing her cycle irregularities. Additionally, we ordered a repeat ultrasound to be done that was timed with her cycles so that we could evaluate the situation to see if she truly did have PCOS. After her labs and ultrasound were completed, we had Paula come back in and we reviewed everything with her. In her case, the labs actually did confirm that she had PCOS, and it allowed us to be able to get her the right treatment that she needed based on her lab findings. Now, Paula didn't have all of the classic symptoms of PCOS that we normally would see, but certainly had enough based on her lab findings and review of her charting to indicate that she would benefit from treatment for PCOS. So we got her on an appropriate course of treatment and over the course of the next couple of months got her back to cycling more regularly. So now Paula's cycles were happening about every 32 to 35 days and we were seeing that she had consistent ovulation. Over the course of the next few months, she was able to achieve pregnancy without needing any of the artificial reproductive technologies like IUI or IVF. Our focus had been to get her cycles back to normal, which helped to correct some of those underlying metabolic, hormonal, and ovulatory issues that had been going on as well. Paula's story exemplifies what we see oftentimes with PCOS, in that if we can just correct that underlying problem, 
We don't have to try and force ovulation or force fertility to happen because Paula's body was able to correct things naturally through the treatment plan that we had initiated. So I want to start off with saying that PCOS is different for everybody. Many people think it's this very obvious diagnosis, and and really what we see is that it's more of a spectrum. There are some people that have some of the diagnostic criteria for it, but not other symptoms. Some of the physical symptoms that we see with PCOS can include obesity or troubles with losing weight, facial hair growth, sometimes to the point of needing to even shave their face. Some women also notice a deepening of the voice, acne on their face, upper back, chest, or abdomen. And some of these symptoms we relate to more male-type hormonal changes. Now, the big thing I want to make clear is that not all of these symptoms need to be present in order to have a PCOS diagnosis. Sometimes women will exhibit multiple symptoms and sometimes none of these symptoms at all. You know, sometimes the only thing we see is an abnormal menstrual cycle, and for most women with PCOS, their cycles can be spaced out longer than 35 to 40 days apart. This can be an indication that something is not occurring regularly with ovulation patterns, although it's not specific just to PCOS. Interestingly enough, sometimes cycles can appear to be completely normal. Or a woman may notice some irregular bleeding or spotting in the middle of a cycle that seems like it's a menstrual event happening, but isn't actually a period at all. Another physical symptom we see could be pelvic pain. Now, this can occur if there are cysts that are large or if there are multiple cysts that are present. Pelvic pain will typically resolve once a cyst ruptures. If an ultrasound is completed to evaluate the pain further, we can sometimes see multiple cysts on one or both ovaries. Just remember, cysts don't always have to be present in order to have a diagnosis of PCOS, but we oftentimes do see them if we do a complete evaluation. Now, the big caution that I would give here is that there are a lot of people that I see that come in and tell me they've been diagnosed with PCOS, but they've never had any lab work done. Maybe they were in the emergency room for pelvic pain. They had an ultrasound done, which showed a bunch of cysts on the ovaries, and the doctor told them, you've got PCOS because you have all those cysts. Now, that's not to bash the providers in the emergency room, but an ultrasound alone is not an appropriate diagnosis for PCOS. So I just want to encourage you first and foremost that if you've not had a full evaluation, which includes lab work to be done, that you must have labs drawn in order to have that actual diagnosis of PCOS. Certainly cysts on the ovaries can add to that diagnosis, but it is not the full diagnostic criteria. Another word of caution is please remember that seeing a follicular cyst, which shows ovulation is occurring, is completely normal during certain parts of your cycle. The fact that you have a dominant cyst seen on an ovary after you've ovulated is actually a good thing and a reassuring sign. So just remember that not all cysts are considered diagnostic for PCOS, nor are all cysts problematic. Lab evaluation for PCOS should always include evaluation of your luteinizing hormone and your follicle-stimulating hormone. So LH and FSH are two numbers that we look at, 
and it helps us to determine what is the ovulatory pattern. We look at those particular numbers within their range as well as their relative value to each other. One of the other big things that we want to be looking at is what your blood sugar and insulin levels are doing. One of the big things we find with PCOS is that people can have insulin resistance, which can manifest in different ways. Either your fasting blood sugars are elevated, your overall average on your blood sugars, otherwise known as your hemoglobin A1c over the course of three months can be slightly elevated, or your fasting insulin levels may be elevated first thing in the morning. All of these things can point to insulin resistance. And the third thing that we want to make sure that is being evaluated with your lab work is to look at your testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and other hormones that you'll often hear us talk about in men. However, in women with PCOS, sometimes those numbers can be a bit elevated, all adding to that diagnostic criteria of PCOS or potentially pointing to a different diagnosis altogether. So it's really important that you're working with somebody who understands all of those pieces of lab evaluation and that doctors aren't diagnosing you just based on one abnormal lab test or one ultrasound evaluation, but really looking at that whole picture of what your cycles are doing what the labs are showing, as well as what the ultrasound reveals, because that's what makes the difference when it comes to treatment plans. So make sure you tune into our next episode where I'll talk more about treatment options for PCOS and its implications on fertility. Overall, there's a lot to unpack with regards to an appropriate PCOS evaluation and diagnosis. Now, if you are having any of the physical symptoms we talked about, especially in regards to irregular cycles, or if you've been told that you have PCOS but have never had a full evaluation, I would love to have you come and work with us at Radiant Clinic. We have helped many individuals with PCOS over the years, and I would love the opportunity to help get you on the path to healing through a correct diagnosis and an individualized treatment plan. Go to our website, radiantclinic.com, to learn how our care model for natural women's healthcare can benefit you. From our website, you may also schedule an in-person appointment to see me in the Cedar Rapids area or arrange for a telehealth visit if you live in the state of Iowa. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share this podcast with someone in your life who would benefit from our services. Remember to subscribe to this podcast for more empowering content. I sincerely appreciate your support, and I look forward to sharing more with you on our next episode of Cycle Wisdom.